بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Now we find ourselves, Subhanallah, inching along and making our way now to just eleven, and this just this para consists of. Uh, so part of it is in uh, Surah At-Tawbah, and then you have all of Surah Yunus, and then the first handful of ayat from Surah Hud. So beginning with a uh, one of the key topics that's, masjid, that's mentioned, excuse me, um, in in Surah At-Tawbah, you find throughout the surah, and including in this portion, the beginning general portion of this juz, there is a very, very stark contrast between those in Medina and around Medina, those who significantly loved the Prophet and those who significantly hated the Prophet And there, there's this juxtaposition between the two, between the two attitudes that were found within Medina as well as surrounding the city of Medina. And when you take a, a step back and you look at it, it really makes you ponder and wonder how is it possible that there were people, especially within Medina, interacting with the Prophet ﷺ on a consistent basis, seeing him on a consistent basis, yet internally they blinded themselves spiritually so much so to the point that they were not affected by that whatsoever. And one of, the, one of the reasons why this is so eye-opening and so significant is because when you contrast it and you compare it to other examples in the general seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, it's incredible. You find some people, they had one interaction with the Prophet ﷺ and it completely affected the rest of their lives. Some people, they had one conversation with the Prophet ﷺ and they, they completely you know, changed in terms of accepting Islam and loving him and, and there was this huge impact that people felt time and time again just from seeing the face of the Prophet ﷺ, just from interacting with the Prophet ﷺ. A good example of this is Abdullah bin Salam who was a very important rabbi in Medina and he would say later that uh, retroactively he would say that, you know, when he initially saw the face of the Prophet ﷺ, when he arrived in Medina, I knew that he did not have the face of a liar. So before even hearing what the Prophet had to say, which he would continue to mention, the first thing he highlights is that as soon as I saw the face of the Prophet, it affected him. I knew that he was a truthful person just by seeing his face So it's, it's very astonishing to come across these ayat describing people in Medina and around Medina who had such staunch hatred of the Prophet and it makes you wonder how far gone must these people have been to have completely blinded themselves from the light of Prophethood What would we give to see the Prophet one time? What would we give to interact with the Prophet one time to speak with him one time, to converse with him one time He had this deep, profound impact on people. 
There was one man, he came and he gave bay'ah to the Prophet ﷺ. He pledged allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ. This is towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. And he, when, when he comes in and he meets the Prophet, the Prophet's top button was undone. It was unbuttoned. So this man, that became his style for the rest of his life. SubhanAllah, he was, there was something in his heart that was so significantly affected from this one interaction with the Prophet ﷺ that it affected him for years to come. SubhanAllah. So when you come across these ayat of, 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 of those who, who love the Prophet and they sacrificed and they put in so much effort and work for this deen, and Allah mentions, السابقون الأولون Right, the very early companions from the Muhajirun and also from the Ansar. And Allah mentions that these, these were people who, who were sincere, they sacrificed for this deen. And it's contrasted with those who, subhanAllah, living in the same city in Medina, at times even praying in the same jama'ah behind the same imam, being the Prophet ﷺ, some were significantly affected by it, and others were not affected by it whatsoever. The Prophet is the same The message is the same. The prayer is the same. But the key difference between these people, some were sincere and some were not. Outwardly, the form of the prayer was exactly the same. If they were all praying Jum'ah behind the Prophet, the form is exactly the same. But some, based on their internal condition, end up being rewarded for that same prayer, and others walk away with nothing. Because it boils down to the niyyah, it boils down to the intention and to, and to the sincerity. And this is the key element that I want to highlight. This is the main difference between these different people, between the sincere believers and between the insincere hypocrites. Moving on to the next point. And th this ties in with the differences in sincerity. You there's this very interesting occurrence in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, and it's mentioned here in Surah Tawbah. Allah mentions that the hypocrites, because think about it, it's very interesting. In Arabia, at that time, before the advent of the Prophet ﷺ, you didn't have anyone claiming to be a prophet. You didn't have anyone claiming to be a prophet. But then, the Prophet ﷺ, he shows up with this message. He shows up with La ilaha illallah. And it was extremely powerful. And there were some others who saw how powerful this was, so they, they tried to imitate. And then they, they claimed to be prophets. And you have Musaylam al-Kadhab, you have you know, different examples of this. It's very interesting because when, when the, 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 the golden light of truth is there and it's bright and it's present, then you find some people, if, you know, if they can't, if they, if they, they, the best that they can do is they can try to imitate, but they can't replicate. They try to make it look like they're doing the same thing, but it's not even close to the real deal. So you had no one claiming to be a prophet, but then all of a sudden the prophet shows up and then you have these, these false prophets showing up. Within Medina, because it's important for us to keep in mind, there was no hypocrisy whatsoever in the Meccan phase. Why? Because it made no sense whatsoever for anyone to pretend to be Muslim in Mecca. All you're going to do is go through torture and potentially murder. No one has anything to gain from pretending to be Muslim in that context. But then all of a sudden in Medina, now the Muslims have some power. Now, there's, now they have a state. Now the Prophet is head of state, alayhi salatu 
And the hypocrites, they noticed that the masjid was extremely central in their lives. There's something special and powerful about this concept of the masjid. So what they tried to do was, they tried to imitate. And so they built their own masjid, which is very strange and, and awkward when you think about it. And Allah refers to it as Masjid Dirar. And Allah commands the Prophet ﷺ in that specific context, in that specific situation, لا تقم فيه أبدا. Never, ever, ever stand for prayer in it. And actually Allah commanded the Prophet to go and, and, and destroy it basically. What was the key difference between Masjid Dirar and Masjid Quba? In the same surah, Allah testifies to the sincerity of the construction of Masjid Quba. لَا مَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ يَوْمٍ أَحَقْوَ أَنْ تَقُومَ فِيهِ فِيهِ رِجَالٍ يُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَتَطَهَرُوا وَاللَّهِ يُحِبُّ الْمُطَّهِرِينَ Allah testifies to the purity of the hearts of those people praying in that masjid. And the one who initiated the building of that masjid was the Prophet himself So the key distinguishing factor between these two masjids was not necessarily the physical material. Allah mentions nothing about one being built with this material and another one being built with another material. Allah does not mention that this one was built with marble and this one with concrete, this one with mud brick, this one with stone. No, nothing physical is mentioned whatsoever. The key difference between one masjid which Allah criticizes and another masjid which Allah praises, the sincerity of the hearts of the people in connection with the sacrifice and the effort in the construction and the building and the establishment of these different masjid. And one has lasted until today and the other one was wiped out in the time of the Prophet So for us, we should reflect the key connection, the, what, what makes a masjid a masjid, what makes it significant is the hearts of the people within, is the sincerity of the people within the community. That's what makes it special. That's what makes it a, a masjid of taqwa. Where is taqwa? The Prophet taught us that it's here. So Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying that the condition of the hearts of the people is what makes one masjid very special and the other masjid is not even worthy of being considered to be a masjid in the first place. The next topic that I want to get to briefly, look at the stark contrast between the beginning of Surah At-Tawbah. It's, it's, it's very pointed. It's very pointed. But then you look all the way at the end as if to say if someone has benefited from this surah, then look at the last two ayahs. And if someone has not benefited from the entire surah, also look at the last two ayahs in which Allah mentions the Prophet ﷺ. A messenger has come to you from among yourselves. The kindness, the love, the, 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 the softness of the heart of the Prophet, his deep care for his community, for us, for the Muslims, for the believers. But then you find in the last ayah, and if people still turn away, then, then put your trust in Allah. It's very interesting when you compare and contrast the beginning of the surah to the end. The beginning is very pointed, but the end is much softer. Is, is, is much more gentle in connection with the Prophet ﷺ. The next topic that we find in, uh, in connection with Surah Yunus, this is a little bit further into the surah, Allah mentions the topic of the awliya. 
Subhanallah, Allah mentions, so there, there's general wilaya. There, for someone who says La ilaha illallah sincerely, they automatically qualify for this base level of being a friend of Allah Azza wa Jal. So naturally, we're all included in that, inshaAllah. But there is a special, so there's general and then specific. There is, there's also a special level, a special layer, and it's in connection with the more effort that somebody puts in for Allah. The more sacrifice they put in for the sake of Allah. You have Ashabul Yameen, the people of the right, which is good. But then you also have Asabiqun, you have those at the forefront, you have those, you know, in, in, in the first row, perhaps literally, but especially figuratively, putting in work for the sake of Allah Azza wa So for us, it should give us hope that, you know what, I hope to be in that category. There's the hope, but there's also the fear that, you know what, I can't look down on anyone because I don't know if that person is a friend of Allah or not. I cannot look down on anyone because I don't know their status with Allah. I need to be very careful and to tread carefully and with wisdom. And the last point that I want to mention, this is also in Surah Yunus, we find here the, the, the epic situation, the incident of the passing of Fir'aun. And all the, after everything he did, what is his one concern? And we should take heed of this all the way at the end of his life. There's no mention to, you know, كَمْ تَرَكُوا مِنْ جَنَّاتٍ وَعْيُونَ وَزُرُوعٍ وَمَقَامٍ كَرِيمٍ All the way at the end of his life, there's no mention of my throne, my gold, my silver, my jewels, my this, my that, my kingdom, my you name it. There's no mention whatsoever. The only concern he had at the end of his life is iman, or lack thereof. He tried to say, now I believe in the Lord of Bani Israel. And then what the, what, what's the response? And now you believe? Now, now it's too late. So I should take heed of this. Okay, let me prepare so I don't end up in that type of situation. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah for good endings and we ask Allah to protect us from bad endings. We ask Allah to make the Quran an endless banquet for all of us so long as we live. Amni Rabbil Alameen. Subhanahu Rabbika Rabbil Azzati Amma Yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.